babies. What is going on? Um, you know what? I am not great, to be very honest with you, but I am hanging in there. Um, I'm trying to be really careful with my language because I, I don't want the universe to hit me with like some terrible tragedy to shake things up. Um, but right now I feel like I really need something to excite me. I feel very stuck and, and numb. Um, yeah, it's not it's not a great feeling. Uh, but despite all of that, I have been accomplishing a few firsts in my life lately. Maybe in response to this need for something new and thrilling, I don't I don't know. But I've I've taken note of them. You know, I I am remaining you know in my gratitude. I have been living in New York since January 2017. That's over five years now. And last month in June, I finally made it to Coney Island. <laughs> Can you believe that? And you know what? It was not bad. It was not bad at all. I mean, it was hella crowded and I definitely did not go on the beach or touch a single solitary ride. But I did walk down to the pier and I sat on one of those benches and I just watched the water move, man. It was so peaceful. For a second, I thought I should do this more often. This, you know, I can see myself coming down here a few more times. It's really easy for me to get to. I can only, I just pop on a train in my neighborhood and just go right there. So it was very easy. And I really appreciated the cocoon of solitude I had for a moment, even though it was, again, just ridiculously crowded. It was super noisy, but just sitting on the bench and watching the water and the little waves and the little, I don't know what they are, seagulls, bird, whatever birds, you know, I hate birds, whatever they were, just kind of flying over the water. It was just really, I don't know, it, it did something for me. I really needed that bit of sunshine and that little bit of ocean breeze. I also recently attended a gala. I have been to a gala before, of course, um, but this was my first time in New York and it was my first time getting, you know, fairly dressed up in a very long time. I wore heels uh, on my birthday in April, back when I went to Italy, but you know, that was it. It was just kind of like one of those wiggle dresses with some heels. I haven't done anything where I needed to like be shiny with my heels. And plus, it's been a while since I got dressed up to like schmooze and mingle and, you know, network and appear really smart. I was really nervous about what to wear since it wasn't as formal as the word gala makes it sound. Um, I didn't want to be underdressed and I definitely did not want to be overdressed. You can ignore the person who comes in jeans and a t-shirt. You're just kind of like, oh, look at this guy. But the person wearing a wedding gown to an arts fundraiser, I think that's something altogether different. <laughs> My guest today, Alex Zaragoza, has plenty, plenty of thoughts on the joys of overdressing, including that extra razzle-dazzle of blue eyeshadow. Oof. Alex is a TV writer currently developing a show about growing up near the U.S.-Mexico border, and she is a chronic overdresser. I love it. I am so fascinated by this phenomenon, and I am glad that I got to talk to Alex all about it.
My name is Alex Zaragoza. I am a television writer and former culture journalist Ugh. and noted eczema haver and also <laughs> infamous hoochie. <laughs> the streets be knowing. <laughs> I love all of that. I also have eczema. I actually was diagnosed with it um, like in my mid-30s. It was just devastating for me for reasons I won't go into right now because this is not about me. Oh, this is not an eczema podcast? No, no, no. no. (laughs) Uh, Today, we are going to talk about being an overdresser complete with talking about the power, the oomph, the razzle-dazzle of blue eyeshadow. Mm, mm, mm. I'm moving my shoulders right now. Yes, we're going to do it. (laughs) Okay. So when, when did you first start overdressing? I guess, first of all, what is your definition of overdressing? What do you consider going over the dress code? Well, I I think a lot of people do this whenever you're going to go somewhere, whatever the thing is, you always ask what's, is there food? That's actually the first question. Is there food? Am I going to be eating? Second question is like, what's the vibe? What's everyone wearing? You know, whenever you're going to go out with your friends, whatever, and you always want to know what's everyone wearing. I like to go into that situation and be like, I just want everyone to know I'm wearing an outfit. Like, because there's (laughs) like, I want to want, like, do you live your life? I love my friends the way they want to come into any sort of situation. I love them and they're beautiful. I am ridiculous. I can't help it. And I think it just depends on the mood. Like in some cases, especially during the pandemic, in general, I would say like the direction I like going is like a mafia mistress from the 70s, kind of. Uh, big Marissa Tomei, my cousin Vinny, a lot of, a little Fran Fine, Sharon Stone in Casino, um, Goodfella. Like, I think it's like, that's a look that fits my body, like a 70s silhouette uh fits my body well um but there was like a period where I would just like just go to the park like I live not too far from Fort Green Park here in Brooklyn and I would like wear like a fur coat and smoke cigarettes (laughs) and be like in leather and I would just hang a little maybe slightly too close to the playground just in case it was someone's weekend maybe it's their weekend what do I know just really put the fear of God into some people. <laughs> okay, I actually might try this one day. Um, it's but the fine. thing is, so overdressing is like one of my worst attire fashion fears because I have a lot of body image issues and shit like that. And so I feel like when people are like, oh, I like your outfit, then they start looking at my body and how the outfit fits my body. I feel like they start like thinking about my body in a way that I don't want them to think about. But I do like to feel good in my clothes and I do like to, you know, have a red is my favorite color. And it's like, how dare I have red as a favorite color and not want to be seen? You know what I mean? So every now and then when I'm feeling good, I will wear the red dress. I will have on, you know, something a little, a little extra or whatever, but overdressing is so I'm just like, no, don't look at me. How can I get to that point where I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to post up near this park and wait for the single daddies with money to notice me. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, You know, um, I feel you on a lot of this. First, I just got to say redwood look incredible on you. Beautiful. Thank you. Red is not an easy color, I feel, but I think it would pop on you so beautifully. Um, I think 
I mean, I deal with very similar issues. So I'm I'm Mexican American. I'm border raised. I lived in Tijuana. I went to school in San Diego. I cross the border every day. Um, you're kind of used to trying to make yourself a little bit invisible because it's less problems for you. But also, I grew up with a mom who's very vain, and for her, beauty was a form of social mobility, and that was something that she wasn't very loud about, but it was very clear. When she would talk about beauty, beauty meant opportunities, beauty meant doors opening, beauty meant something bigger, mm-hmm. bigger things if you could do it. And so for better and for worse, very much for worse in some cases, it created this hyper awareness of like my body. And I think in my adult life, I've strived very hard to be able to like for me, it's a win when I don't notice something about my body. This is even why in other ways, like whenever I see people that, you know, grow out their armpit hairs, like I remember trying to do that thinking I'm reclaiming my body, but then it just made me hyper aware of people staring at my armpits or made me hyper aware of this thing about my body. And in all times, my goal is to not think about my body in that way, not Mm -hmm. think about my body in terms of my weight, in terms of my waistline, in terms of my ass, but it's every single day. It's a challenge every single day. But I found that in dressing up, it kind of allowed me to play, like reclaim part of that, but also just like allow myself to have fun with the thing that has been one of my biggest challenges in my life. Mm. And it helped me turn these things and fears about my body into an instrument of fun. And if there's one thing I'm about, it's a good ass time. I'm always trying to have a good time. I want to feel light and I want to feel good. And um, especially in times like these, right? In hard times, mm-hmm. whenever. It's just a matter of always choosing and fighting to have joy. And for me, like I, that thing that you're talking about, like when I feel good, then I dress up. For me, dressing up helps me feel good. So there's definitely a day where I'm like sneakers, sweats. Most of the days are like that. But there's like, I'm like, today I want to feel good. Let me put on an outfit. And mm-hmm. let me show up to a thing and I'm just going to be like, blah, blah, wow, wow, wow. I'm going <laughs> to do a thing. And I like will tell my friends, like, this is a day that this is happening. One of my very best friends here works at a very fancy big publication here and invited me to their holiday party. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm fucking wearing an outfit to this one. I showed up, I wore like a red linen suit with like a hot, like bubblegum pink, like sheer thing with a big bow. Okay. And like, I got my hair blown out. I had a, a sock that matched my blue eyeshadow, like a, <laughs> like a sheer sock that was like yeah. a blue with a few, cause it was like a pink shirt, red suit, but then the fuchsia of the shoe matched the fuchsia of my shirt. And it was a whole thing. I walk in, everyone's in jeans. Oh no. And it was like a small venue. And I was just like, Ah, fuck. I still have moments like that where I'll be like, oh, fuck. But then I was like, you know what? When I see a woman or anybody walk in and they're fucking stunning from head to toe, even if I'm in sweatpants, I'm just like, yes, I just love it so much that I was like, put aside the embarrassment part and let yourself be the person that other people could come to and be like, I love that too. And just say thank you. And like, it's I I think a lot of it is compartmentalizing embarrassment and all those things. I mean, like, just don't think about just don't think about it. And then just like, I'm just pretending I'm feeling myself until I actually (laughs) feel myself, you know? (laughs) 
<laughs> it's like a lot of it is that. Yeah. No, I I love seeing people dressed super sharp. I just love, I love seeing the way people do color combinations, the whole power clash of patterns. I love seeing it on other people. I just don't feel like I can really get there yet. And at the same time, a couple of years ago, I had this fake red fur and I was just like, I love this fake red fur so much. And I told my girlfriends, I was like, y'all, let's go out to dinner because I need to have an excuse to wear this thing. So this is what I'm, I'm wearing this fake red fur that's like, you know, a little jacket or whatever. And then I just had on like a basic black dress or something underneath it. But it also gave the rest of my friends a reason to dress up um, that we didn't really have at that time. Like we were, I mean... It was like the winter, so we weren't really like going out as much and all this kind of stuff. But I was just like, you know, I just feel like I want to I want to pop a little bit. And it was so much fun. Of course, I'm getting on these stairs and I I don't think I've worn it since. Like, actually, I don't think I even have it anymore. But I do have a purple fringy kind of fur thing that I wear sometimes when I go take the trash out. Yeah, do it. <laughs> so it's like I have it. I have it in me. But I just, I feel like it's just for me. So I get uh, a little nervous about the idea of like dressing up where other people can see me. I can dress up at home all day, you know? Um, but something you said about your mom stood out to me because my mom is very similar. My mom is, uh, she's a Leo, number one. So there's that. But <laughs> number two, she loves to shine and, you know, she loves her animal prints and her fake furs and her jewelry. Mm -hmm. Like I literally have never seen my mother without jewelry unless she was like uh, very, very ill. And even then she would, you know, still have like her necklaces on. So my mom is very much like, oh, when you leave the house, you're going to be seen. So you need to look like you are going to be seen. Like for and for a long time, she didn't wear jeans, you know. Um, she would wear pants, of course, but like jeans were out for her because jeans were like, I don't know. She just was not a jeans person, you know. She felt like dressing down, and that's not for her. But having a mother who is so into appearances, like she would be emotionally distraught if we left the house wrinkled. Like she would say that it was a bad mark against her and the way that she has raised us. And, you know, the, there is a lot, I think, not only with people's individual stuff, but I think when you are a person of color navigating America mm -hmm. and the way that you have to present yourself and like go above and beyond. Like you have to show we are not filthy. We are not poor. We know how to dress. We have the education to know how to dress and that kind of thing. And I think that gets really mixed up in all of that desire that our parents have for themselves and then that they try to instill in us. 100 million thousand percent. Like absolutely. My mom is exactly the same way. Amelia is a Libra. So I think there's like parts of her that are like, I, I need to know her rising in her room because I'm like, where is this coming from? I'm, but my mom, that JCPenney jewelry counter snatched up. Let me tell you, she's like got the diamonds. She's a Chico's babe. Like she's like, she's got her animal prints. She loves a flowy thing. She, you open her closet. And it's like a whole section of all her like nice trousers because she loves a nice trouser. And it's like fuchsia, orange, white, like all the sections, coral, flower print, whatever print, like it, she's about it. And I think that's 100% part of it in that like you come to this country, you're seen a certain way. 
or you're a person of color in this country that's already been here and you're seen a certain way. You spend so many years having to have this armor around you to protect yourself, not just from like full on shitty, hateful, racist, you know, discriminatory things, but also just like all those other things, right? I didn't grow up mm-hmm. rich by any means, but we were just like a middle class family, like, but like kids assumed that I was poor because I was from Mexico. There's assumptions made. And so sometimes you feel the need to like really flex on people like you you assume what now? Well, guess what? Here's this bag or here's whatever. I think that happens quite a bit, especially within immigrant communities and other communities of color. Your outside is an armor, mm-hmm. but it's also just to let people know that like you are a mate, you're dope, whatever it is you want people to know about you. My mom, she's dragged me the most about if my clothes are ironed, because same, she's just like, you're going to go out here wrinkled. <laughs> like, you know, and that, and um, if my hair is brushed and if I'm wearing enough lipstick, like there's a few things like put on earring, put on some lipstick. She's always about that and wanting to make sure everything is a good reflection of not of yeah. her, of, of myself. I remember one of the first jobs that I had Uh, was like in social media and she was like you're gonna hold a phone and have work and where people see you holding a phone and your nails aren't done you're not gonna have your (laughs) nails but like I'm not even kidding like to the point where she was just like you need to go make sure you get a manicure if you have to hold a phone and people see your hands you're getting a manicure Mm -hmm. every week and I was like okay well I don't I don't make money for that so (laughs) (laughs) it was like social media for a nonprofit. it ain't happening you know right right but those are real things I think maybe that in some way has you know filtered into like my brain yeah and you know there was also this weird distinction though that being overdressed sometimes is also a a marker of lower class because you don't have any good you don't have clothes that are between you just have Sunday clothes, you know, church clothes, um, school clothes, and then maybe a prom dress. And so when you have to uh, go to a job interview, all you have is that prom dress or all you have is that hoochie mama dress, you know, you're not dressed appropriately. (laughs) And so people will also use that as an excuse to be like, well, you don't have anything else or whatever and kind of make judgments against you and stuff like that. And I've worked in nonprofit segments where we would have to ask for clothes donations so that the marginalized kids that we worked with had proper attire for those interviews, for those, you know, kind of in-between moments where you don't really need a tux, but you need something that's not a suit either, you know, that kind of thing. Just a dress shirt. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And we look at overdressing to mean so many different things. And it it really just kind of depends on who's overdressed that we make those judgments. So I wonder, like, have you ever been uh, judged in those ways for overdressing in a negative way? Yeah, I I think there's a lot of like this kind of classism thing, especially, I mean, Latin America is like hella classes, like the colors and the classism, the race, all of that is, you know, mm. very, very apparent. And I do remember growing up and my mom being like, this is how you can tell, like, you know, these kind of people in Tijuana, where we're from, because they're at the mall and they're like, have to be super dressed up. And I'd be like, you mm. dress up two places. Like she, it was just, it's like a, it's a stew of contradictions and hypocrisies. Like it was almost this kind of American thing sometimes where she'd be like, the real rich people don't dress a certain way, but then she would still stress a certain, like real rich people dress like shit. 
Yeah. But she didn't want to dress like shit, but she also didn't want to dress too. Like it's kind of gets muddled. I think um, for me, I think it's different. I, you know, I grew up in like the punk scene and the like indie or whatever rock scene. Like in, those are definitely scenes where people didn't like dress up a certain way and then like different cultures and subcultures and all this other stuff Mm -hmm. I do think sometimes like I could tell when someone's like giving me a little bit of the side eye based on an outfit and I'm just like let them hate me it's okay or let them like make a judgment um I think the worst (laughs) well I don't know if it's the worst but I've been like when I was younger I think it was not my favorite now I just I'm like fuck you but like um people have like um made comments that I uh look like a sex worker like there was actually one time I was like doing my study abroad and I would like on like my blue and purple eyeshadow. I was like, I'm going to put, I was like in a parka. It was cold, but I had like a cute outfit underneath, but I had like my eyeshadow and like a man asked me for directions. And I was like, Oh, I'm not sure, but I think it's this way. And he's like, do you offer any other services? And gave me like a look. And I was like, I, I don't, I don't offer any other services. So can you please fuck off? You know, um, I've had other women be like, who brought the prostitute to the party? Um, wow. I've had people say really shitty things. And I'm like, first of all, yeah, I fucking love leopard print. Deal with it, bitch. Like, I, like, yeah, talk your shit with your little <laughs> ugly flannel shirt. Fuck you. Like your fucking old Navy at flannel or whatever, you know? <laughs> yes. Bitch, like, yeah, I hate on me. I don't give a fuck. I'm not wearing an <laughs> ugly ass shirt right now. <laughs> like, that's what I'm like. Because then like that stuff like that where it's like, I don't want to be petty. But also, uh, unfortunately, I do run petty sometimes but like if someone's gonna say something really mean like that then you just kind of feel like well that's a shitty thing like why like I see somebody in any outfit I'm just like amazing or like it's really important to me even like for other friends like you're talking about like you and your friends Mm -hmm. make a plan to go to a thing like I will be like who wants an outfit come over to my apartment we'll put something together for you or you going somewhere I will do your makeup do you need uh, a dress do you need a suit what do you want like what are you feeling what do you want to like if they're going to a thing on their own if we're going with something together or if we're just gonna like dress up you know like just because we feel like dressing up and sitting at the park my very good friend Amy Rose and I will have done that in the past it was really great I think it's like I want to share in the experience because it just makes it more fun. And I also want like mm-hmm. other people to feel good about themselves. And yeah, sometimes that's going to come with people saying negative things or yeah. say things where like there's always going to be somebody that wants to just like make you feel like shit when you're feeling yeah. good about yourself, you know, yeah. and that's always going to happen. I'm just used to it being like my family doing <laughs> so, <laughs> Oh, sit your ass down. Oh, like you swear or whatever. Um, <laughs> Sometimes when that happens, I think when I was younger, it would like sting more. And I think over the years, I'm like, I'll be 38 in a few weeks. Like, I think now I, I, I've gone to a point in my life where I just feel more comfortable being like, yeah, and what? And yeah, yeah I look like a what now? Great. Thank you. Make, let me go like get a congressman and buy me in a house. Like, what the fuck? Right. Like, cool. Let me get a fucking diplomat to buy me a penthouse over here. You know? <laughs> fucking right. Yeah. It's like, oh, you think I look like a sex worker? Well, where's your husband? Where's Where, your husband? Where's... <laughs> uh, but, you know, also just kind of like push people on that. Like, okay, so let's say I was a sex worker. What's wrong with that? Yeah, what what are you trying to say? I think that was sometimes, that was a big thing where I'd be like, so you think that's a drag because that says more about you and the way right. you view women, the way you view sex work, the way you view anybody doing sex work. Congrats on like having a fucking pea-sized brain, you dumb bitch. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's. I mean, it's just, it's. it really is a matter of like, 
wanting to bring someone down. And it's like, yeah. why? And it's not, you know, they'll say, I'm just trying to humble you. No, you just want to be above me. Like it bothers you that I am this confident person or like, I feel good. And so you just want to like have this, it's a, like a weird control, insecure, narcissistic shit. Just yeah. all in a little ball of funk. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is like, what do you gain out of that acting like mm-hmm. that? And I think for me, that's like part of the like thing about dressing up and wearing a outfit and wearing an eyeshadow and doing whatever. It's just like anything you say, it doesn't matter. I'm still like a good person, a caring person, a person that's in community with people and cares about, you know, being in community with people. I also just like want to wear a cat suit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why can't I wear a cat suit? Like, let me wear this cat suit and just have a good time. <laughs> yes. I have been fantasizing about wearing a cat suit out in public since I was a teenager when it, like, the 90s and like house videos and I don't know I've I've wanted to wear one and so I've got like little unitards or stuff like that that I wear around the house that's like as close as I might get just like I have these desires of like being outlandish with my attire sometimes um but also I know like I'm an introverted person. I don't want to really talk about my clothes or myself constantly. And I know that that's something that like when you're out and you are like overdressed or even just dressed very well, whatever, people want to talk to you about your clothes. Where did you get it? Like, is this a vintage piece or something like that? And sometimes I'm just like, you're a stranger and I don't feel like talking to you right now. Um, So how do you deal with people coming up to you and wanting to talk about your, your attire? Like, is that something that you look forward to? I think it's one of, it's just like, it comes to the territory, but I will, I'll be honest with you, Nicole. It doesn't go that deep. Like it'll usually just be like, I really love your outfit or that's a cute coat. And you say, thank you. And that's usually it. Like it's, I don't, Mm, I think mm -hmm. you like, I'm also like not a person in fashion. So my world isn't about fashion. I just like an outfit. Like I'm not, I don't work in fashion. I've never worked in fashion. I don't write about fashion. (laughs) Like I feel like it's, that's not the world I'm really in. So I think for the most part, it doesn't actually like happen. If anything, it's just like, girl, that's a really cute outfit or, oh, I love your top or, or like whatever. And I'll just be like, oh, it's from, you know, Zara or it's from this place or like, oh, thank you so much. And like, yeah, I got it from here. And then that it's usually it, like, it doesn't really ever go Mm -hmm. that much. So I think maybe (laughs) <laughs> you're creating this yes yourself. you're creating yes. this fear as another barrier okay well that's usually what I do I yes I I do like create scenarios that will probably not happen yes that's usually yes. what I do um I'm sorry to drag you in intentionally <laughs> no it's okay <laughs> um okay so you like to have these outfits and then you make them pop with some blue or purple eyeshadow. Talk to me about the eyeshadow. Yeah, I will say blue eyeshadow is like my favorite. I um, haven't found the shade of purple that I really love on me. Mm-hmm. But blues, like various shades of blues, I'm like, oh, look at me. Mm-hmm. I'm Cleopatra. I'm Liz Taylor's Cleopatra. Because it's like the blue eyeshadow with like the cat eye, mm-hmm. the liquid eyeliner cat eye. And then like a very like slight pinkish or nudish or glossy, whatever lip and like, you know, a strong brow. But I think it's the eras that I see as like the women that I looked at that I was like, these are the most beautiful women in the world um, were like the 60s and the 70s. Um, Mm -hmm. When I look at photos of my mom when she was younger, 
in the six, my mom's 70 years old. And so she grew up in that exact era. And when I see photos of her with like hair and an outfit and the blue eyeshadow, I was just like, that's what I was like, she's so pretty. And, you know, we'd have these magazines and I'd, I'd see these old movies or I'd see these photos. And, and I just always thought they were like the pinnacle of like hotness or gorgeousness and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's what it is. It's like liking that era um, in terms of fashion, not in terms of other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always used to say like, uh, I'd ask people like, if you could be in any group or band in history, which one would it be? And I, for myself, I always just like wanted to be one of the Supremes mm-hmm. or, and I also wanted to be in En Vogue. Like that mm-hmm. was like, when I was a little girl, I would like, the, we would play En Vogue and I'd be like, I want to be Cindy. Everyone would fight over who got to be Cindy. Cause she was like <laughs> the tall, beautiful one. They're all gorgeous. And then they'd always make me Maxine. They're like, no, Alex, you're Maxine. <laughs> So like, but it was the same look, right? The same kind of glamorous eyes and hair and a sequence gown and the gloves in the giving him something he can feel video. Yes, yes. And so that was always this thing where I was like, these are the most beautiful people in the world to me. And blue eyeshadow was such a strong part of it. And I think it obviously like it became like an again a symbol of a sex like right they'd be like trashy women sex mm-hmm. workers mm-hmm. they wear blue eyeshadow it's all trashy women that wear blue eyeshadow they look great I don't know I just think that fucking looks good sometimes it's not even that deep it just looks dope as hell <laughs> <laughs> I like a really deep blue um wow. yeah eyeshadow I mean I don't wear it I makeup that much um or a full face of makeup that much um but there is this Pat McGrath deep deep blue that looks so good um I don't know what the name of it is but I love it so much yeah I always say a good gateway for somebody that wants to get into blue eyeshadow Mm -hmm. and is kind of just like nervous because I think I started the same like it wasn't like overnight right you kind of have to like inch towards something same goes with outfits Mm -hmm. you start with a coat like a rad coat with jeans and sneakers or jeans and a blue and a t-shirt whatever and you kind of like go from there but like a really good blue eyeliner that you could layer on top of a black eyeliner Mm. or even just the blue like I have to always use black eyeliner because I have like no eyelashes and I can't wear falsies I wish I could really go out and wear (laughs) fake eyelashes but my eyes immediately start to itch and go crazy so I can't do it but like a little bit of blue eyeliner just on your like on a regular day it's just kind of like fun it just like makes it just feels a little extra fun you know yeah I love seeing people with the electric blue eyeliner I have a navy blue eyeliner because again I'm like okay you know I will step outside of my black and brown but it's still kind of dark on me you know so Mm -hmm. I'll do a navy blue eyeliner and I have purple a couple of different purple shades of eyeliner so I do like to pop every now and then but you know I'm slowly like I have on this uh leopard print dress that but I put like a little (laughs) um and I again I like I'm around the house and I'm just like Peggy Bundy uh a little bit (laughs) Peggy Bundy, another style icon. Yeah, Peggy Bundy was it. She looked cool. Like I remember, people people would be like, "Oh, this like trashy family or whatever," and there was this poor family. And I remember always being like, "She looks incredible to me." And Kelly Bundy too. Like, I mean, I love Peggy. She would have her little 
leopard print belts and her tight little capri leggings and walking around in some mules or something like that. Peggy was doing it. She was was doing doing it. it. Um, Well, you know what I, Dinah asked you actually. Yes. We talked about cat suits before and I do believe we all have a formative cat suit, like a cat suit we've seen that, Mm. that was just like, I wish. I need that or something. I don't know. And I need to know what your formative cat suit was. You mentioned some videos. And stuff. Yeah. So I remember just a lot of videos in the 90s with women had, had cat suits. And there was just a lot of like, you know, the pumping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, like, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you remember this band? It was not a band. Uh, this group called uh, Oak Towns 357. They were like a spinoff from MC Hammer. I don't remember them. No. What song would, would, did they do? Okay. So the MC Hammer, he had a lot of like backup dancers and stuff like that. Right. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was these three women who branched off, you know, cause everybody had to have a girl group. Right. And so mm-hmm. these three women and eventually went down to two women branched off. They're called Oak Towns 357. They're from Oakland. Um, and they would do all this really aggressive pumping and dancing again think mc hammer who would be the background dancer for mc hammer mm-hmm. right it's a lot of stuff yeah, like yeah. that and there was also this woman named b angie b who was a singer it was all they were all a part of this whole like group you know like they mm-hmm. were all like connected somehow and b angie b had a couple of songs she redid this song um called i don't want to lose your love and in the video for that she had on a cat suit and she was just like the background person for like that whole little crew right and so she would always be in this cat suit throwing her body so hard with the pumping and everything and just like you know her sciatica like, like fucking on fire <laughs> <laughs> so i think whenever i think of cat suits i think of that whole era of mc hammer oaktown 357 b also, I see a model, maybe Naomi Campbell walking in a cat suit at some point in my head, but I can't, I don't know where that memory is coming from. But yes, so just basically any video from the 90s, I would see women in these cat suits just dancing their hearts out, just pumping and grinding. And I'm just like, I'm going to get one one day. Yeah. It hasn't happened yet, but it's, it's, it will. I, I'm going to make it happen. You know, uh, same. That's the one thing I haven't ventured in because um, I, the camel toe situation is what I yes. hear. It's like, you got to have a certain type of pussy for that. Yes. And my, my beer's chubby. Listen. Okay. So <laughs> since we're going here, let me tell you, I, okay. If I am in like some leggings or something like that, and I sit down in like your basic plastic chair, that's just out in the world. My coochie gets so hot, like it's like there's steam. There's literally steam when I stand up and there's like a steam print on <laughs> the, the chair. And so that's another reason that I'm like, I can't go out in a cat suit because if I go and I sit down, my coochie's just going to like warm up and like. It's like a crawfish boil. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like. No, I cannot. I do not want to subject anybody else to my coochie steam. And then like nobody who doesn't want to be subjected to it, at least, you know. I wonder, can I go back and change my bio to coochie like a crawfish boil? (laughs) (laughs) There's corn in there. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But you know, they have these little like panty liner smoothers that you can insert to like cover that up but I feel like they're probably uncomfortable or whatever yeah I I I just feel like with my coochie like it just overcome and nevertheless she persists (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> like she, if there's a pen, she could tell she won't cancel. <laughs> like she will. She'll do it because, as I said, she veers chubby like a little. I would call it like a like a pup, poppy seed muffin. Little, okay. just like a little lifter. <laughs> she's warm. She's toasty. She's inviting, but she's lifted. You know, she's picking <laughs> it. Whatever. And so sometimes, like, I have to be careful because I'll be like, I'll put on like a very tight pant, and I'm like. Oh, cool. What's up, Mikhail Barishnikov? <laughs> and I'm like, I can't do this. This is not the pan for me. I wish, but yeah. it's not the pan for me because it'll like be a little lifted and then it starts. She's just <laughs> she's being fabric. So listen, that's real. We all got to do with our thing. That's why sometimes with a girdle, the girdle, like if I wear like oh, shapewear underneath, uh-huh. it helps kind of like tuck things into. Ah, uh, okay. That makes sense. Um, yeah. So what is, do you repeat outfits? Number one. And number two, what's your favorite go-to? Like you're having a bad day and you're just like, you know what? I'm going to put this on and take over the world. Ooh. Um, well, yes, I do, I do repeat outfits or I'll do like variations of it. And it depends on what I'm doing or whatever. Like uh, I have a thing to go to this week and I was like thinking of like repeating an outfit that I, I wore not that long ago. Yeah, because it's like, who am I? I'm not like a fucking, like, who am I? I'm not like whoever famous person. Like, you know, it's like mm-hmm. if I repeat an outfit, no one's going to, they're not dragging me on TMZ about it. Like, I'm just yeah. like, yeah, I think there's like, like it doesn't really super matter. So I'm, I'm usually okay with it. But I think sometimes it's just like the fun challenge is to not do it. Just for my, like to come up with a different thing. There's like a few things that I like really love. I I'm a I love a shoe. Like I I do love like very typical obviously. But I'll have like snakeskin like high up boots. They're not real snakeskin. I can't wear full snakeskin. I'll feel so sad. But um or you know I just bought like this vintage leather trench. It's like vintage from Korea. Mm-hmm. It's like down to my shin and it's like a rich like mahogany brown. And it's in this gorgeous condition. Like it fits so good. And like last time I actually went to a thing with my friend, she invited me to this like thing where again, I showed up and everyone's in jeans, but I, I wore a cream leather skirt with a cream turtleneck. That's like kind of like sleeveless, kind of Mm -hmm. like a slouchy with like an old, like it it belonged to my aunt, an old gold belt. That's like Mm -hmm. a knockoff Versace. Versanchez is what we like to say in Mexico. <laughs> oh, that's Versanchez. And then with the snake boots and the leather trench mm-hmm. with like aviator looking sunglasses. Yeah. And I was like, I look so fucking good right now. Like I just like <laughs> felt so good. I was like, this is amazing. And like, yeah, that that's like the latest one. Like I I think it's just having a few little things where like I don't want to have one. I want to have mm-hmm. the like slowly build up my closet to have like things where I'm like, oh, I'm gonna feel really good in this outfit or these shoes or this jacket or coat or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. important, I think, to have like the things that make you feel good around you and to like put on the things that make you feel good. You know, if you're sad or like having a really hard time with something, I don't know. I just, I think my my mom was very like this too, of like, you know, why feel like shit when you could like feel like shit and it's okay to cry and all those things, but put on an outfit, put on some light lipstick, put on some eyeshadow, whatever, and go out there and show like, you don't give a fuck. Like don't let anybody think they got the best of you. Mm-hmm. So even when times have been like really hard for whatever reason, just like putting something cute on or the, grabbing that jacket that feel, makes me feel good or the shoes that make me feel good, that makes me walk a little taller and hold my shoulders back a little bit better. Like it, it helps it's not to be yeah. like the cornball here, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Thank you so much for coming on the show and talking to me about 
overdressing, blue eyeshadow, and just making sure you feel good in a room full of people who, you know, might be some haters. You know, you never know. know And listen, my personal challenge to you, I I insist, A, just start looking for a katsu. Who cares? Who cares if she steams? It's okay. (laughs) Fuck it. Don't let somebody else worry about wiping it down. Who's a fuck? (laughs) Second, just, yeah, grab that purple coat and like, later on tonight or whenever you go out and do anything like a dinner whatever it is start on when you kind of make yourself do it mm-hmm. you, and then it just slowly gets easier and yeah. I think it'll I think you'll find that you really like it and it's not so scary Nicole okay I'm gonna try it challenge accept it yeah it's a, a little it's like that next thing about just like loving yourself yeah loving yourself is like a huge it's a radical thing not to sound like you know an instagram fucking photo number, like, <laughs> but it's like like the whole world is out here trying to make us feel like shit the whole right. world is telling us we're not skinny enough or we're not whatever enough mm-hmm. and or wanting to make us super aware of like the things that are wrong with us but i don't know man throw on that jacket throw on that eyeshadow and just be like you don't get to win today guess what? I'm going to steal your husband. (laughs) (laughs) Where can our listeners find you on the internet if you would like to be found? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let me, they can find me on Twitter and on Instagram. On Instagram, I'm at Tijuana Max with two X's. Um, My ode to TJ Max. And then on um, Twitter, I'm at by Alex Zaragoza. Excellent. Thank you so much, Alex. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for having me. This was so fun. I loved every drop of it. (laughs) Now it's time for today's indulgence. Something you can enjoy without guilt or fear. We have to stop feeling bad about the harmless things that make us feel good. Because what? There is no such thing as a guilty pleasure. Today, I'm going to recommend letting the hype settle. Way back in the day, (laughs) when a new version of the iPhone would come out, people would stand in lines for hours to get it as soon as it dropped. And then once they got it, they complain about the buggy features or how they, you know, somebody immediately robbed them or something like that. I might get that new version, but I always wait until after the thrill of newness has calmed down, until after Apple has fixed whatever issues the phone had on that first batch. I also do this with film and TV and even music. I waited for a little bit before I started watching Ted Lasso. Like everybody was talking about it. They were posting memes and writing essays and, you know, you could not go out to get something to eat without hearing somebody talk about Ted Lasso. But I waited until all of its second season had aired before I hit play. I also waited a full year before listening to Kendrick Lamar's Good Kid Mad City album. I did not want other people's thoughts in my head as I tuned in. I didn't really want to follow the crowd. Like I I want to be aware of what's going on. I just did not want to follow the crowd, whether it's a crowd of sycophants or a crowd of haters. Sometimes we like to be first because of FOMO, right? That fear of missing out. Or we want to be the first with an opinion. There's a certain kind of 
status, I guess, to be able to join in the immediate discourse about something. Often when you're the first to indulge in something, you become a a tastemaker, a trendsetter, right? And then there's also the fear of spoilers for certain film and TV shows. The time span between a movie or show dropping and the spoilers that come out gets shorter and shorter and shorter. Streaming services will release an original series, right? An original TV show and tell us that if every person on the planet does not tune in within the first two days that it drops, it will be canceled. It's never coming back. You have to get on it right now. And it's like, okay, but I have a life. I've got things to do. Maybe I don't, I don't want to follow the crowd. There's so much pressure to crowd onto the bandwagon, but I like to sit and wait to see if the bandwagon will break down. You probably know the, the milkshake duck meme, right? In 2016, Twitter user at PixelatedBoat tweeted this joke. The whole internet loves milkshake duck, a lovely duck that drinks milkshakes. Five seconds later, we regret to inform you the duck is racist. So I, I like to wait and see if the duck is racist. It's okay to take your time and sit with something. You don't have to rush into anything. I watched Ted Lasso in my own time and I loved it. I listened to Good Kid Mad City in my own time, loved it. I did wait almost 20 years before I saw my best friend's wedding and I did not enjoy it at all. I ignored the hype around these things and came to my own conclusions. Sometimes I agreed with the majority and sometimes I found myself all by my lonesome, but at least I knew that my opinion was mine and not me just being unduly influenced one way or another. It is literally impossible to stay on top of all the hot shit that drops on any given day. Give yourself permission to let the hype settle. This has been your indulgence. You have been absolved. This is Good For You is hosted by me, Nicole Perkins, and produced by Multitude. Our lead producer is Eric Silver. Our editor is Misha Stanton. And our executive producers are Amanda McLaughlin and me. Our theme was created by Don Will, and our art is by Jessica E. Boyd. You can follow the show at This Is Good Pod, and you can follow me at Tennessee Whiskey Woman. That's T-N, whiskey with an E, woman. And a huge, huge thank you to everyone who supports the show on Patreon, especially to our supporting producer-level patrons, Chelsea, Conchetta, Courtney, Elizabeth, and Mira. To get exclusive rewards like stickers, monthly playlists curated by me, and even custom drabbles written just for you, join us for as little as $5 a month at patreon.com slash thisisgoodpod. This was good for me. Was it good for you?